。那个在来说说，咱最近的新鲜，第六课的人生。Let us continue with our series, Pilgrim's Life. We will be looking at First Peter chapter four, verses twelve to nineteen. And our topic is attitude towards suffering. In this world, there are a lot of churches going through the expansion course. 啊，我讲这个灵命成长的课程。And there is also this maturing of the spirituality。每一次你全世界大家所在有真正无相关的叫做 conference， 讲到 crankers， 讲到教会之后增长落来。And in the world there are many conferences that talk about how the church can expand。当然，咱无反对去参加安尼款的聚会。Of course, we do not、uh, say that we should not attend those kinds of conferences。因为有当增加你这款的知识，你的 knowledge。If we can add to our knowledge in this aspect。But we would like to let you know that if the church is to expand and grow, if you want your spirituality to grow and mature, there's only one way. It is to face sufferings or endure sufferings and not to attend the church meetings. There is no other way. If you do not go through sufferings, then it is impossible for your spiritual life to grow. Because that is what the Bible teaches us. And the growth of the early churches is only due to suffering. If you look at Acts chapter eight verse one, on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. The church faced a great persecution. And the apostles stayed behind Jerusalem to face the sufferings. How about the other disciples? How about the other disciples? They went to all places. To do what? If you look at verse four. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. It's not that they went around just for leisure, but they preached the word. The sufferings brought them to different places to preach the gospel. And one of them was Philip. Philip went to Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And the great apostle Paul was also likewise. He established a lot of churches. Today, if we ask Paul to come and testify, he will definitely tell you one thing: that the church was established because of sufferings. The Philippian church is a very good example. He went to preach. And they were beaten. They were uh, uh, they, they were taken captive. They were thrown into prison. And he was flogged and wounded. Of course, at night he is not able to sleep. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. When they were singing hymns, there was suddenly a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. 
Later on, the jailer and his whole household believed in the Lord. And the Philippian church was established amid sufferings. And it is very different from the success in the world today. If you turn on the television, if you listen to the message, if you have to, uh, if you hear it, you will, you will realize that it says that if you believe in the Lord, the Lord will bless you. And how you, will you become more healthy? And how will you become abundant financially? Because our God will bless us. But please do remember one thing. That if God only blesses us, then we ask, then how is God different from these three gods that the Chinese people worship? This is the good fortune, happiness, and long life. If we believe in the Lord, will we not have these things? Yes. Yes. Our God is a God who blesses, and He will indeed bless us. But then, it is only half of it. Aside from God blessing us, God is also one who creates disaster. If you look at Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7, I form the light and create darkness, I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. And please do remember that our God is a God who creates disaster. Ah, it's, a, it's a one who blesses. And our God is also the one who gives us disaster. And when man has sinned, sin has entered into this world. And sufferings have entered into the world likewise. And so, dear church, sufferings are things that we cannot escape. But then, through this disaster, God blesses us. If you want your spiritual lives to mature, then you have to face sufferings. And the church needs spiritual growth. It needs to go through sufferings. And what should be our attitude as we face sufferings? In 1 Peter chapter 2, sorry, chapter 4, verses 12 to 19, it talks about four attitudes. First, it is the expectant attitude. And you have to prepare yourselves that sufferings are coming. But you have to have this joyful attitude as well. And when sufferings come, your heart should be joyful. And you should have a reflective attitude. You have to reflect upon why these sufferings have come upon us. And you have to have a trusting attitude. And in your lifetime, you have to keep trusting the God who helps you. Let me explain. Let me explain. Number one, first, expectant attitude. And if you are prepared, the sufferings are coming your way. In chapter 4, verse 12, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Peter Gong, do not be surprised. Peter said, do not be surprised. You should not find it strange. When this suffering comes, 
no surprise. Just take a lie. Do not be surprised because this will definitely come. Why? 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 Should not keep thinking why? Why did this happen? But this is something that will definitely come. And now is uh, the war in the Middle East. Why? Why? You no longer have to ask why. Because it is written already in the Bible. When the Lord Jesus, before the Lord Jesus came, then the, the, the wars will definitely happen. Definitely there will be no peace in the Middle East. And whose land is this? Is it the Israelites? Or Palestinians? I do not have the answer. But I give you one answer. I ask you, who, uh, the whole world, who does it belong to? It is God's. God gave it to whom? And God has that power and authority. And please do remember, the Lord Jesus already mentioned this long time ago. Two thousand six, 2000, 2000, years ago. Six, six hundred years ago. Two thousand six hundred years ago, he already spoke these words. That I will give you that land. land. It is the promised land. And you will already obtain another thing. The real promised land is not in this world, but is in heaven. And this is the message in Hebrews chapter 11. That there is a new Jerusalem in, the, in heaven. And this is the eternal place that has been given to us by God. And so may the Lord help us. You encounter things that are inexplainable, just like sufferings, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised. Because this will definitely come. And we should have an expected attitude as we face these sufferings. And this is not only the viewpoint of Peter, and this is also the viewpoint of Paul. Acts chapter 14, 22. Acts chapter 14, verse 22 says, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. If you are to enter the kingdom of God, sufferings is a given. And if we uh, combine all these verses, we will realize one very important thing that nobody wants to face sufferings, but when sufferings come, our apologies, we cannot escape from it. So we should have this expectant attitude. Let us not find it surprising. Because one day, when sufferings come my way or come into my family, let us not panic. Because we now know how to face this thing. And so the prosperity gospel of today does not prepare us for this thing. Because it only says that if you believe in the Lord, then blessings will come your way. And it does not mention about sufferings anymore. But please do remember that this person is not a foolish man. They are very wise men if they can handle such a big church. And if uh, saints suffer, then how is it that they explain it? 
They say that you do not have faith. Because you lack faith or you have sinned. This is a wrong explanation. And this is a wrong explanation. Because in the Bible, the first person who suffered was a person who has not sinned. And in the Bible, God commanded Job two times as a blameless and upright man that he feared God and shunned evil. But then Job was a man who greatly suffered. He, did he not have faith? Did he sin? I tell you, if Job did not have faith, then we no longer have to talk about us. When we face sufferings, imagine, imagine if you were Job, you are the wealthiest person in the Philippines. In one day, all of your family members were wiped out. Ah, your wealth, your wealth. And then one day, all of your children are, are, are dead. And then your health is gone. And how is it that you will respond? If you do not grumble, then you are a person who really loves the Lord. And how is it that Job responded? He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. If you look at the last phrase, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. And these kinds of people, is it, is, is, did he not have faith? Then I do not know what a person is if he has faith. When Satan attacked Job himself, he was afflicted with sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. And his wife couldn't tolerate it anymore. And said, you have to curse God and die. And you will see how he responded. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. What is it that he said? We accept good from God and not trouble. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Do we only accept good from God and not trouble? And then he add, she added one thing. Job did not sin in what he said. In James it says, If a person can control his own tongue, then you are a perfect man. And so Job was a perfect man. But then this person suffered. So may the Lord help us. I believe that God will bless us. But I all the more believe that sufferings will come to Christians or people who believe in God. In the last three years during the COVID pandemic, there were many people who were infected and there were many people who passed away. And I ask you, were there Christians? Yes, there were. Were there pastors? Yes, there were. Did they die? Yes. There were pastors who died. And did God not bless them? 
You know that I was the first person who got infected with COVID in our family. And I gave my COVID to all of my family members. And even my workers got it. And did God not bless me? Did God not bless my family? Yes, God did. I am not yet. I did not pass away. Is it so? May the Lord help us. And if one day, if indeed sufferings come, you are already prepared. No matter what kind of person you are, even if we who serve the Lord full time as pastors, we cannot avoid sufferings. And have you remembered uh, something that I've mentioned before? One time when I was riding a plane from Hong Kong to Manila, I, I encountered a member. And uh, he was very joyful. And, uh, I thought that there is a person who really loves me. And then she said, And then he said that, Praise the Lord, I met you here in the same plane. If we are in the same plane, definitely there will be no problem. Has this mindset that if the pastor is in the plane, then the plane is safe, it will not crash. And I was very shy. I wanted to tell him that there are also pastors who die in a plane crash. <laughs> but it was only the first time that it was encountered. Are you ready? Are you ready? That when sufferings come, you are already prepared. I know, I know that we do not want to face suffering. But then when it comes, are you prepared? And you know how to face it. Number two, Second, we should have a joyful attitude as we face the sufferings. If you look at verses 13 to 14, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. The second attitude that we should have when facing sufferings is that of joy. What do you mean by joy? I once again say that joy is not the same as happiness. Because when we are in sufferings, nobody would be happy. But then those who belong to the Lord will have an inexpressible joy inside of them. And happiness is influenced by the external things. And when the circumstances are smooth, we will definitely be happy. And if you receive a grand prize, then you will be very happy. Receive your dream car, you will be very happy. And these are the external circumstances that make you happy. But then joy is not related to the circumstances. Even when the circumstances are not smooth, inside of us there should be this joy. Because joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The, Holy, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is only one. But there are nine flavors in it. Love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy, 
It is one of the flavors of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So in James chapter 1 verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I would like to ask you a question. How is it that we, we can be joyful? Why? Why can we be joyful in sufferings? Peter gave us two reasons. First, because when we are in sufferings, we can participate in the sufferings of Christ. If you look at verse 13, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And if we suffer with Christ, the result is we can also partake of the glory of the Lord. Our brother Kevin Ching has passed away. And when I officiated, I, when I held the Office memorial. Official, yes, office. Officiate the memorial service. I mentioned one thing. Belief cannot explain suffering, but suffering becomes bearable because of it. In this world, there are a lot of uh, questions that have no answers. And our belief cannot explain sufferings. Why is it that uh, people who love the Lord are afflicted with cancer? Why is it that pe- uh, the young people who love the Lord encounter a car accident? And why is it that God allowed a miscarriage to happen? And why is it that God allowed that my child is a special child? And these are things that will never be explained in this world. But our belief cannot explain suffering, but it makes it bearable. And this is the most precious part of our belief. And so in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And where does our strength come from? Our strength comes from the joy. When we are in sufferings, we have the joy to face it. And when we encounter a lot of hardships, when our partner passes away, or when our children encounter problems, these are things that really happen in our midst. But we have an answer. Uh, we, cannot, we have no answer. We cannot explain it. But, but inside of our hearts, we have the strength to face it. I know of one sister. He is a, she is a preacher. Is a Bible woman. And her name is Perita. If you see her, if I do not inform you that she is a cancer patient, you will definitely not know about it. Because her joy is 
unimaginable. When she speaks with you, she would be very joyful. But she has really serious cancer. But whenever she's treated by chemotherapy, she would go back to work. Imagine. Imagine. And she had cancer. After chemotherapy, she went to Indonesia to do some missionary work and then came back again. And where does this strength come from? It comes from God. And so when we are joyful, we are joyful because we suffer with God. We also partake of His glory. And second, we are joyful because God's Spirit rests in our hearts. If you look at verse 14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And God's Spirit is the Holy Spirit. It says that the Spirit of God is oftentimes in you. And what is the meaning of this? That the moving, the leading, and the teaching of the Holy Spirit is in your life. And a person who is saved, What's clearest is that the Holy Spirit is already inside of you. If you do not have the Holy Spirit inside of you, then definitely you are not yet saved. If the Holy Spirit is already in you, then the Holy Spirit will no longer depart from you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, this is what it teaches us. He is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise and glory to the praise of his glory. And uh, the Holy Spirit is the deposit of our redemption. And so it will no longer depart from us. Just like when you deposit something, this thing is already yours. And the, question, and the problem is, why is it that some Christians do not experience the Holy Spirit teaching them, moving them, and leading them? There is a saying that explains this. It says to live in hardship and to die in peace. And what is the meaning of this? Man can strive and be determined to survive during hardships. Man tends to indulge in comfort and pleasures during the good times, which leads to destruction. And so now you understand why God allows sufferings to come our way. Because when we are amid sufferings, we can all the more draw near to our God and rely on Him. And during sufferings, the more you will draw near to God and the more you will experience Him. 
Stephen. In the early churches, the first martyr was a deacon, not an apostle, and his name was Stephen. When he was being stoned to death, you know, in the Bible it says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen, called the Shong Day Ying Yao. And he looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You know why? Why? Because God, because God wanted Stephen to have that strength to face this death. And sometimes, I do not know if you have experienced this, if one day there is suffering that comes our way, I also do not know if I can face it or not. I do not know. But then I pray, God, if there is one day, if you really allow sufferings to come my way, may it be that I will have the strength to face it. And I know that if I rely on myself, I will not be able to do it. And when Stephen faced suffering, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And so he loudly declared, he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. This is very similar to the prayer of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus also prayed as He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And this is the work of forgiveness that the Holy Spirit works inside of us. And this is not out of human nature. We want to take revenge. Why is it that the Israelites went for revenge? Because they saw that the Palestinians killed a lot of Israelites. And they killed a lot of children. And they will take revenge. This is our nature. And can we say, Father, forgive my enemies? Only, it is only possible when the Holy Spirit moves us. And so sufferings allow us to experience our God. And sufferings allow us to have a more intimate relationship with our God. There's a theologian, no one, who said that to, to refuse suffering is to refuse personal growth. Indeed, that is very meaningful. If you want your lives to mature, you should not depart from sufferings. Third, you should have a reflective attitude. If you look at verses 15 to 16, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. And these two verses allow us to see that there are two types of sufferings. First type of suffering is an unnecessary suffering. Some people suffer because of their sins. Because they killed people. Because they stole something. Or they did bad things. Or they became meddlers. And uh, this is but necessary. Unnecess uh, this is unnecessary. This is something that you brought about 
to yourself. And now that we have already believed in the Lord, I believe that we no longer kill people. And it should be that we should no longer steal. But then there is one thing that we have to pay attention to. Being a busy body, meddling with other people's businesses, we have to pay attention to this matter. In Fukien, uh, it says, uh, we should not meddle with other people's businesses. If it is not your business, then you should no longer mind it. And after your children get married, their business is no longer your business. And you should no longer meddle with it. You should no longer mind it. They have to manage it on their own. And if you meddle with it, then conflicts will arise. And sometimes we are meddlers. But, and if uh, because of being a meddler, the sufferings come our way, this is but a deserved thing. And you say that, Boksu, uh, I am not uh, meddling, I'm just showing concern. And what is the difference between meddling and showing concern? And this Bible verse explains it. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 17. Uh, like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel, not their own. If you see two stray dogs fighting, is it your business? And that is what you call a, me a meddler. And then you grab the dog by the ear. And then the dog will bite you. It is not your business. So could you the Lord help us. You have to discern which matters are concerning you and which matters are not in any way related to you. You say that you are showing concern. But are people really concerned? Do they need your concern? Does this dog need your concern? They do not need your concern. And so may the Lord give you wisdom. And these sufferings are unnecessary. But then, there's a second type of suffering which we call glorious suffering. And this is suffering for the Lord. When the church encountered a great persecution, the Sanhedrin uh, attacked the church. And they said that you can no longer preach the gospel of God. And they were beaten. And later on, James was also beheaded. You will see that when the church faces these kinds of sufferings, it was very amazing how the church responded. If you look at Acts chapter 5, verse 41, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering this grace for the name. If you are beaten, but they are still very joyful. You know why? Why? They say, praise the Lord. The Lord has seen us or has counted us worthy of suffering this grace for this name. And this is uh, something that's really not easy. And they are thinking about this matter from a different perspective. There was once a couple 
They had one child. They only had one child. But this child was a special child. And I saw him with my naked eyes. And they had to use uh, twice or triple the, the usual time that parents would use for their children. And it's very, it's very difficult. You know that this couple said, I will forever remember what he said. He said that God really thinks highly of me. That God has given me this child. And he said that um, it was because of him. That I learned a lot of lessons. I learned gentleness and patience, uh, humility. And patience and he said that God thought highly of me that I was able to learn these lessons. And this is another attitude when we face sufferings. Psalm chapter 16, verse 4. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. Sometimes sufferings are not from God. These are things that created that are created by ourselves. And these are unnecessary sufferings. But there are sufferings that are given to us by God. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 20, although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your with your own eyes you will see them. And uh, he gives you suffering so that you can have bread to eat. And he gives you affliction as water to drink. Why is that? Because after going through the adversity and the affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. Your eyes will see them. You will see your God. And isn't this the experience of Job? said that my ears had heard of you but now my eyes have seen you and so may the Lord help us verses 17 to 18 would reinforce this explanation and how is it that it reinforces it for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household and if it begins with us what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God and if it is hard for the righteous to be saved what will become of the ungodly and the sinner you reinforced one thing. You said that when judgment comes, where will it start? It will start from God's household. We will first face the judgment of God. And if, for example, we have just been saved, how about the others? How about the others? How is it that they will go through or face this judgment? And so Christians, when we suffer for Christ, please do remember that in the end we will uh, be able to receive the glory that is unimaginable. When we face the judgment throne of God, we will see what is the reward that we get when we uh, face sufferings for the name but of God? But we have to first 
assess ourselves that the sufferings that I am having today is it for God or is it because of the sins that I have committed? And lastly, you should have a trusting attitude. If you look at verse 19, so then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. And the main point of this verse is that we have to commit ourselves into the hands of God. When Christ was crucified on the cross, he said that, Lord Jesus, may you, I father into your hands, I commit my spirit. Stephen, and when Stephen departed from this world, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And now Peter also said the same words. We have to commit ourselves to our faithful creator. Dear church, and this is the attitude of trusting God. When we face sufferings, when we do not know what will happen in the end, there are people who go through suffering. Indeed, they go through it. It they survive, suffering. They survive the suffering. But then there are people who do not survive It is possible that amidst the sufferings, they go to the Lord. But whichever circumstance happens, we just have to commit ourselves into the hands of our God. Because I believe that God's will is the best. And this Bible verse tells us two reasons why we have to trust our God. First, because God is faithful. Who do we commit our, our lives to? We commit ourselves to our faithful creator. He's not a faithful God. God is faithful. He's a sincere He is our faithful God. And what is faithfulness? In Chinese, there's a saying that it's faithfulness means to carry out one's word. Whatever I say, I do according to it. I am faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. And the Bible tells us that God is faithful again and again. Even though we are unfaithful to Him, He's still faithful to us. Even if we are unfaithful to Him, He is still faithful to us. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, if we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. He cannot disown Himself. For he cannot disown himself. And he is a faithful God. And because of himself, he cannot, he cannot not be faithful. So sometimes we are, even though we are unfaithful to him. And so sometimes we are unfaithful to him. But then he will never be unfaithful to you us. You know that it is different. Sometimes people are unfaithful. Sometimes he issue a lot of blank checks. Actually, it cannot be converted to cash. Just like when uh, people tell the women that I will forever love you. I tell you. Many guys don't really know what the meaning of it 
of forever is. I will forever love you. So sisters, you should not believe them. You should not believe them. Because they themselves don't understand what they're saying. And then not long after, they will separate. You know that recently there was something funny that happened. In the morning, they get married. In the evening, they divorce. divorce. It was within a day. In the morning, they get married. And then in the afternoon, they get divorced. What happened? What happened? It is very strange. Man is very strange. They say, I forever love you. In the morning, they get married. In the evening, they get divorced. And people are not faithful. And I ask you one question. I do not have any bad intentions. Those who are married, are your accounts joint or you have your own personal account? I do not mean that you have to have a joint account. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that if you have a personal account, it's bad. But I would like to ask you one question. Are you, do you trust your, your, your partner that you entrust your money to your partner? Money is most important. Are you able to entrust your money to your partner? If you dare not, that you feel that this woman is not reliable, or this guy is not reliable, then I do not know why you want to get married. I would like to once again say, I'm not saying that you have to have a joint account, and that's the best. I'm sorry. But if you do not trust your partner to the point that you are able to entrust your money to your partner, then the relationship is not that strong. Isn't it written in the Bible? Where your money is, there your heart will be. Where your money is, the bank, your heart is also in the bank. If your money is in the pocket of your partner, where is your heart? In the, partner, in the pocket of the partner. <laughs> and you're afraid that your partner will so when you go on shopping, you will hold on to your partner's hand. And so may the Lord help us. Our God is faithful. There are many unexplainable things in the world. And so all the more you lose your trust to people. How about your God? How about your God? He is forever faithful towards you. Even though you are unfaithful to him, he's still faithful to you. Even if you are unfaithful to him, he is still faithful to you. And second reason. Why is it that we should trust our God? Because he is a powerful God, almighty God. And almighty God. And he said that we have to commit ourselves to our faithful creator. And our God is the creator of all things. How is it that he created this world? He, he created it with his words. When he said, let there be light, then there was light. 
for he spoke and it came to be. And he is our almighty God. And he is our faithful God. You know, sometimes, sometimes, it's not that I intentionally become unfaithful. It's just that I cannot do it. I want to do it, but I cannot. For example, if I discuss with a woman, I will forever love you. It is possible that he does not understand what forever means. But his point is that I will forever not depart from you. But suddenly there was a health problem. I do not want to depart from her. But then I will have to depart from her. Or whether it be a financial problem, I do not want to depart from her. But then I have to go to another place, another country to work. Because if I don't go to work, then we will starve to death. Oftentimes it is because we are powerless to do it. But we thank our God that our God is not only a faithful God but He is also almighty. And so how He speaks that is how it will come to be. And there is no, nothing that can hinder our God. And so dear church when we face sufferings please do remember that we have to trust our faithful and almighty God. And we commit our lives into His hands. And may God bless you. Let us pray. Father God, we once again come before you. Sufferings are inevitable. We do not want it, but then it will definitely come. And when sufferings come, May it be that we will have the attitudes that are written in the Bible as we face these sufferings. We know that these that sufferings will definitely come. So do not surprise. And so may it be that we will not be surprised. That we will prepare our hearts. That it, and it is not enough. We ought to have this joyful attitude. And where does this joy come from? It comes from you. When we face sufferings. When we draw near to God. When we rely on God. Then we will have the strength to face these sufferings. And may it be that you will also have this trusting attitude. Oftentimes there are no answers. There are no explanations. But then we trust our God. For you are faithful. And you are almighty. And you are good. And we know that you will never harm us. May it be that our brothers and sisters in the church will have this trusting attitude. Whatever sufferings we face, may it be that you will forever grab hold of on to our God and not depart from you until we, uh, we encounter you face to face. On we thank you. And as we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. amen.